This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 610 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, October 25th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and it's another fireside chat. So I am joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, it's time to talk some top 100 pitchers. How's it going? What is happening? Yeah, this is uh, something we've been planning to do for a little bit because we both have ranks out for 2019. Mine, I want to say, are slightly sloppier. <laughs> Because. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I, I agonized. I always do. I, you know, I, I, I told my my girlfriend I was doing. I think this is like the first time I ranked since we've been together. And she's like, I told her, hey, I gotta you know do some work on this. I'm gonna post it. And she asked me like a few hours. Oh, did you finish? You know, being real sweet, checking in. I was like, no, I haven't. She checked in a few hours later. Oh, have you posted your thing yet? No, I haven't. Quit asking. <laughs> Rearranging guys. I'm moving like guys two spots here, three spots there. I was like, you have no idea the agony that I have when I'm trying to figure these out. And and especially when it's like small moves, I'm just like, come on, just put it up. We'll get that. We'll, you know, we'll dive into it. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, yeah we've got time, a lot of The second time stuff. she checked, actually, you had just decided if you're going to have Nola above or below Garrett Cole. That's all I know. you did in four hours. That's literally all I had done. And it's not that I <laughs> wasted the time. I was on their pages the whole time just looking at it like, no, Cole, no, Cole. I'm kind of surprised that you, spoiler alert, had Cole over Nola. Yep. It's I, uh, I would have thought that I were, was the lower guy because I, I love Cole. Absolutely loved him coming into the year. You were a little bit. Not negative, but but not as. Oh, I was I was negative. You are a hardcore Nola guy. Not that I'm not, but I would definitely, if we're ranking Nola guys, I've got you one and me two. So I was surprised. And again, it's a, it's one spot. It's nothing. Well, I mean, I can I can answer this really quickly. Um, my love for Nola has always been that I think he is an ace, and people weren't recognizing that he had the talent to be one. True. Uh, and that his value was always so low compared to what I thought his ceiling was. Uh, I do ultimately believe that the ceiling is higher for Garrett Cole. I mean, we kind of saw that with the strikeout rates, and I very much believe what Cole did last season. I, I'm very, I'm someone who looked that what I believed entering the season was one thing, and Cole proved me wrong. And I'm very, very easy to be convinced if I see something that's very convincing in front of me, a good argument. So uh, I. I just don't really see Nola as a top four guy because of that strikeout rate, and I do think that was his ceiling last year. But he's very clearly a top ten mm-hmm. guy, and it's only one spot different for me. I have Cole at six, Nola at seven. I actually, 
looking at this now, I'm not going to have Kershaw in the top five. I'm, I've thought about this a lot since I put this out. I'm probably going to have Kershaw at like nine, mm-hmm. maybe ten even. Hmm. The injury. I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 talk a little bit about Kershaw. It wasn't planned, but let, and I get, but... I get it. But the thing of it is, I I get the injuries, and I think that that's a valid concern. How could it not be? It's it's right there. You know, the old proof in the pudding sort of deal. But he continues to perform. So when he's out there, you're still getting an elite performance out of Kershaw. Are you worried that the innings are going to go even lower or that the performance is going to wane further? Well, I do see I do see a Kershaw that is not the Kershaw that we've seen in previous years. His fastball command is, is not the same. And there's pretty much – essentially, his fastball slider differentiation is not as extreme as it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to be so he's not getting as much out of each pitch individually as well. Um, he still obviously, yeah, 273 ERA last year in 161 innings. Of course, he still produced when he was there. But also the fact that you're paying for innings and elite innings at this point. And I'm looking at all these guys. Scherzer, Sale. I mean, Sale, there is so, an argument to be made there too. But DeGrom, Verlander, So Cole, is this Nola. an on-the-fly update? Did, did, I, did I zone no, no. out here? Did you say you were going to? Because you have them five right now. You said I you're do, not gonna... yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, I made these rankings on October 8th. Um, so, so I have so a good two you're, weeks. You're moving to. I'm moving towards more. Think about it. I mean, this is essentially now have the entire off season. Of course, of course. February and my instincts right now is that yeah, Kershaw is probably going to be closer to nine or so. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because yeah, I do think there's also a lower tier that he can go to. I mean, two seven three ERA was the lowest since 2010. Uh, sorry, the, the worst since the, 2010. The highest, I should say hilariously, yeah, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that um, wild? The first season in his career that he didn't lower his career ERA, yep. um, which bothers me because that well, was my favorite no, statistic. Second, because he didn't lower it from 16 to 17. He did. No, he went from 169 to 231. His career ERA. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's hilarious. That's a, such a bananas yeah. stat. It was uh, it was wow. like 238 or so entering yep. this year. <laughs> And so, it, 237, it, up, it went up slightly. It was 236, and now it's 239. What a loser Kershaw is. <laughs> um, okay, so we've heard that he might opt out, by the way. Are you thinking that they just bring him back on a bigger – like, what do, what do you think happens there? That's wild because the Dodgers, again, are built on depth. Uh, I'm even looking at the Red Sox and Dodgers this World Series, and the biggest thing in my head is depth. Just about – you see the offense of the Red Sox. They're sitting Brock Holt. That Red Sox offense is – and. And you see the pitching staff of the Dodgers, like they have Alex Wood and Arias just hanging in the chilling. bullpen. Just chilling. Stripling not on the roster. But right. It's, but it's just, yeah, Stripling's not on it. And they have all these starters that they're just throwing in the pen because they can. So Kershaw's so, slated to make 35, 36 mil each of the next two years. He's going to opt out of that and, and get what? It's not about the next two years. It's because he's going to get length. It's because he's going to be 31 at the start of next year. So then it'd be 33. And he would want. Theoretically, you could, let's say, take off 10 mil of each of those and still get a better contract or something along. I mean, 10 mil is just I'm just wondering amount. if he can, though. I'm I'm pretty surprised. Obviously, he's Kershaw, but like the Dodgers might make a mistake then. Do you really want to commit? I'm fine paying him the 35 and 36 the next two years. I kind of want out at 32 to reassess. Well, no, I, I think the Dodgers don't have an option here. It's, it's Kershaw's, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying do they re-sign him, though? Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I mean, if I'm the Dodgers, probably not, honestly. 
I think they might though. And I think that right. that's what, that's what it would and be. And I know it sounds yeah. weird to say that that'd be a mistake, but you look at these, like, like you can only, yeah. I mean, you look at the dwindling, uh, innings totals. He hasn't, uh, eclipsed 175 uh, since 2015. He had 175 on the button in, in 2017, and and as you mentioned, you know the the stuff is waning a little bit. And he dropped nearly two strikeouts off of his off his per nine this year. I'm sure it was several percentage points. I am looking at his B ref page for the contract, so that's why I was over there. Um, so six percentage points. I don't know that I'm resigning him there. So yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm considering pushing him down to I this is one of those and I, I freely admit that there's these uh, throughout rankings and it happens and I, maybe I think maybe this year I, I should commit to not doing it at all but I have guys where I rank them but I know I won't take them there it's almost like acknowledging their greatness but let somebody else have it maybe I just say you know what I'm just going to go flat out with what I want to do because right. I, I did want to put Cole ahead of him, Cole and Nola, and put him uh, put him seven. But I was like, no, it's Kershaw. I'm still going to put him five. And then I, I was like, I wonder where Nick put him. And then you had him five. I was like, okay, <laughs> we did match. Right. Okay, that it. is something. Like we don't look at each other's rankings. This is like no, the, I did not one, This look. is only the second time all year I've looked at your rankings. One was for the fiery side that we had in May. Do you know how and hard it was, was <laughs> to not just like pull him up when I'm just perusing the you know trying to find stuff i didn't look at tristan's either he's got a he's got top oh, he I does? Know he, yeah i know he does an early one because i've used it in arizona before mm-hmm. and and that's usually the only ranking that's out there he does every position and i just had to say don't go look at their stuff until you're done because <laughs> you just don't i want to i want to see where i'm at first blush sure. and then you know i wanted to see obviously what, where you had guys so i was really surprised that you had him five as well because uh, I thought you might push him down, but it looks like both of us are going to push him down. You might push him a little bit further, but we'll see. Again, it's not that Kershaw is bad. It is one of those for me where I just I don't think I'm going to take him, so I don't want to be disingenuous and put him at a rank that I really wouldn't take him. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Uh, all right. Let's let's get into our, our talking points here. Let's start with three guys that you meant to rank that you didn't. So I'm sure you had questions about people had questions about them. We'll give you a chance to discuss them. Let's start with Derek Rodriguez. Um, let me see where I had old old d d rod here i had him 67th um you you didn't rank him you said you meant to uh what's up with with pudge jr here yeah essentially i came out and said that he would be about 75 okay so So not i don't really think that we are too off from him i i think i think he's gonna be one of the more overdrafted or the more underdrafted which is hilarious to me but essentially i think then in in uh, fantasy baseball analyst leagues where people are really exactly involved in it, he will not get drafted much at all. Uh, because everyone expects a large regression from I do too. I don't think that his stuff really speaks to being a strikeout heavy guy. Uh, and I, I think that we're going to see more of just what I call a Toby, which is your 3.75, ERA kind of thing without sure. much many strikeouts. And like a one two five whip or so, maybe one three. Yeah, And that's not exciting. Usually. On the other side, I see people overdrafting him a ton because they're going to see that 2.6, was it 2.7 two, ERA. 2.8. 281 in 118 innings, you know, right. so decent think, sample there. They think like, oh man, this guy's going to be great, easily top 50, yep. and I'm not going to touch him. So uh, so it's one of those situations where for whatever reason, he just wasn't on my thing. I don't have, again, any frame of reference doing this. Exactly. So. <laughs> it happens all the time. I had to go through uh, – what I did was went through roster resource and tried to pull all the names and then rank them that way. And I'm sure I still missed some people of note on, on my list there. And, some people thought I missed guys. I was like, no, they were on my my general list. They just didn't make the top 100. Uh, the next guy you had is is one that I had just just on my list, 99th, Jacob Junis. 
Um, I'm still torn on him because I, I would watch I him at times this. and see some good, you know, the the slider was nice and, and he'd have a big outing, but it would be against my Tigers. And I'm just like, he, he beasted on the Tigers. Right. Big so freaking deal. I remember talking to you back, I think in June about yeah. me ranking Junis on the list that still, despite him not being too oh, successful. Was that yeah, that was point. when he was allowing like 50 home right. runs a game. And it, it was really a case of, okay, Jacob Junis has upside. And he did show in that second half mm-hmm. uh, where he had about 3-5 ERA over his last 12 starts or so uh, with a nice, uh, I remember it was like an 8-5 caper and I don't have it in front of me, yeah. and like a 1.5. In the second half proper. Uh, from the All-Star break on, 335 ERA, 72 strikeouts and 75 in the third innings. He really he really settled down there, and it's because the home runs dried up. And, I, right. and I'm not – obviously, he didn't allow 50, but he had a run where he went 3-3-1-3-2. And that's where I was like, I'm not touching this guy right now. Sure, yeah. I need to see him keep the ball in the yard somewhat before I'll touch him. And and then I did see a good finish from Jake Junis, so I, I got him in the list, but just in. You forgot him, but you did mean to put him in. I, what, mean, what I mean, I, I literally I think I put like Junis at 75 and Derek at 76. Okay. Uh, it's one of those things where it's about, okay, Junis is a very good example of someone that has a very good pitch. And it's possible that they can make a leap if there is an addition or a tweak somewhere else to complement yes. it better. And that's always why I had him on the list through the year because he is that kind of – he has that amazing slide piece and that's already one major piece of the puzzle that a lot of people just don't have. So have the ceiling is still is there, nice. but it's not something I actually believe he'll really get to even with that strong second half. I could see a lot of people calling him a sleeper and – targeting him because of it and i don't blame him might as well chase it again i'll probably have him 75 so end of your draft sure why not uh that's gonna be with a lot of mine is i would rather say the sure why not than others that i think are just gonna be destined to be waiver wire fodder through the year boring yeah uh so i'm probably have junis around 75 for that reason do i believe that he'll do it not really yeah and like i said slid him in there at 99 wanted to acknowledge that he did rebound and and quell some of the fears that i had about junis but i do still worry about the home run rate that's something i'm gonna keep an eye on is he just a better josh tomlin which doesn't say a whole lot i do think he's got that that slider is better than anything josh tomlin had but in terms of the profile where it's like really good walk rate um a better strikeout rate he doesn't have quite as good as walk rate as tomlin but he has a better strikeout rate but still the home runs and home runs can just tank an outing they can tank a season really you have a run like he had where Junis was allowing all those homers, and that's how you get a 4-4-2 ERA despite doing pretty well before it and pretty well after it. That run alone, though, let's see, it was a uh, uh, going into the All-Star break, his last four start, five starts, he put up a 9.33 ERA in 27 innings, like in 12 home runs. That just that just was guaranteed to add like a half run to what he was really doing. So um, even though it's 99 versus 75, that's in that area of the rankings where it's not that different. I don't know that we feel that differently about him uh, in the end. And that's just part of the, the the whole glob thing where the talents really sort of mesh together. And then you just kind of pick your favorites based on different things. And then the last glob as much as we can. Let's just uh, hammer that. Trademark the glob. <laughs> glob, 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 glob. Uh, and then the last guy you had, I do like, but the reason I didn't, I didn't rank him either, but you wanted to bring him up and I'm, I'm, I'm good to talk about him, was the Nelson Lamette, who I did like going into the season, but then had Tommy John. I think he had it in May, though. So for me, 
I I'm pushing back on on 19 and waiting for 20. Yeah, uh, he might I be a nice waiver pickup late, but where would you have him in the 90s well, somewhere? Well, okay. The I have some mini tiers in my in my ranks that I kind of made an open tier. because I it's more of like this will change, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to make sure we're aware that these people could be talked about a lot if things go their way come February and March. So sure. at the very end of it, I uh, it was just the injured guys. Alex Reyes, Brent Honeywell, Jordan Montgomery, Taiwan Walker, Caleb Smith, Drew Smiley. I've since learned Alex Reyes actually should be ready to be in the rotation at the start of the year. It wasn't. Uh, it was, I believe. It was the uh, lat, right? Yeah, it was, it was a ligament attaching to his lat. Yeah. Which is wild, uh, but he should be fine, ready to go. So he really shouldn't be in the rest because I think everyone else is dealing with Tommy Johnson for Caleb Smith. Who's doing um, the shoulder? Yes, shoulder injury. And also, Drew Smiley was almost ready to go at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. But th- the reason I made this was because of Denilson Lomet. Okay. <laughs> That's legitimately <laughs> the reason even... he didn't even get in. I think for whatever reason, something overlapped it, and then yeah. he just wasn't there. And it wasn't until someone pointed out, I was like, wait, no, I had the whole thing because of Lomet. And then he just know, wasn't there. Of course, there. I, I had the Nelson Lomet. Oh, no, I didn't. Dang it. Right. So, um, so, so he's totally in that right. back end glob. You're totally right. He could be just not even pitching until September. I mean, it's 12 to 18 months traditionally for Tommy John. Exactly. You never know. Some so guys quicker. But that's, some he should be the there, and he isn't. Okay. Um, there is one other guy that it wasn't until you pointed out in your notes that I was like, really? I didn't have him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the uh, ones I ranked and you didn't. Right. But we can, we can <laughs> jump to talk about him quickly because I guess you want to mention – or do you want to wait to mention him? No, no, yeah. I'll just do it really quickly. I mean, Stephen yeah. Matz should be on my list. Uh, I was I ready to have a big co- – I was like, damn <laughs> Not even like some big Mads no, guy. He, you didn't uh, rank him. No, he actually was improving as the season went on. I, he was yeah. my streamer a bit uh, through the end of the year. Like, I think a lot of people have forgotten how productive Steven Matz has been all of a sudden. I mean, in his final eight starts, it was a 244 ERA, 377 FIP. Uh, and his, his strike array, I think this will surprise a lot of people, was 29.5%. And I remember mm-hmm. so much at the beginning of the year saying... I don't buy the stuff that Matt's is bringing. He's not striking out guys. He's not getting whiffs on his curveball. He's not using a slider. I'm so out. And then all of a sudden, he started killing it when it comes to strikeouts. Uh, increases slider rates of 14%. That's great. Overall whiff rate of 12% in those eight starts. Like now, of course, Giants, Nationals, Giants, Phillies, Marlins, Phillies, Nationals, Marlins. Mm-hmm. That's going to help a bit, but that's what the Giants NLEZ... 15 times? Did you say Giants like 11 times? <laughs> It's twice Giants, twice Marlins, twice Phillies in there. Okay. Uh, and twice Nationals, so that's all your eight. But, yeah, I, th- I think that he can be productive. So I probably would have had him around that 70s mark as well. Okay. Um, I mean, I think you had him at 81. Yeah, so I think we're pretty much on the same page. If anything, I might yeah. be slightly higher. So... Just kind of wanted to knock that one away. What did you okay, want to yeah. add that you were ready to swing my way? No, no, it was it was basically going to be covering like what what you had. I was like, you didn't rank this guy who closed really strong. He's had some good work before 2015, 2016. Uh, was 170 innings of, of quality work. Yeah, he labored through an ugly 2017 where he was bad when he did pitch, and he only pitched 67 innings. But I was just kind of gobsmacked, and I. I I should have figured it was an error because I just don't see why you wouldn't have a guy <laughs> like that. Uh, so, no, uh, you covered everything. This is, this is really funny. With uh, justified uh, strikeout totals. I'm looking at my list now, like where I would probably put him. And I'm like, yeah, I'd probably put him right above Kevin Gaussman, who's at 81. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there you go. 81. So we're both at 81. Oh, I love, man. Love it. Oh, that's uh, funny. All right. So let's get into 
three that Nick ranked that Paul didn't. Mm. Let's start with somebody that I have definitely liked in the past and I've been a proponent of, but I kind of had him on the uh, on like the 110 range this year of just like I might take that dollar flyer because I don't think he's going to be expensive unless he has like a big spring to kind of put his name back on the uh, radar. But 34-year-old Jeff Samarja who had a, a lost 20, 2018 but also flopped a bit in 2017 when I was backing him. It was it was a little I, you know this is where he developed the name White Copaneda because uh, love the strikeout and walk rate. Too many homers gives in too often and and gives up those homers. Doesn't leverage that home ballpark uh, the way you'd hope with half of his games in AT and T. You'd be like, oh well, that's certainly going to protect Samarja. If that protected him to a 4.47 ERA, which it kind of did because he was better at home or 4.42, no thanks. So I went ahead and 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 said no. You actually had him 64th. So I was in particular curious on on you sticking with uh, Samarja, especially. Because in discussions we've had in the past about, um, you know, upside versus floor. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I'm curious, like, how he fits into that because I don't think he has uh, much upside, and even the floor doesn't seem that great right now. And I know you don't love floor guys, so I'm curious on Jeff Samarja where you're at and how he was able to finagle a a 65 ranking. So this is okay if. Do you remember how highly we ranked Smarja entering 2018? I, I do. And I do. that was like in the 30s consensus. Yes. Right? Yes. So it was guaranteed innings, quote unquote, and uh, a okay. strong strikeout okay. to walk. Right? So I guess to me, it's that we, I mean, to use even your words, it was a lost season in 2018. And yep. even what he did, if anyone really wants to count it negatively towards him, I mean, it's pretty obvious that I mean, he had a shoulder injury and was moved to the 60-day D. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, the man was injured. He lost injury velocity out, on sure. his fastball. The whole thing is like you cannot put any stock into the actual performance because the guy was just hurt. If you want to say he might be hurt again, okay, fine. I don't know how much stock I really put in that. It's just a guy got hurt once and he had over 200 innings for five straight years prior. So let's just say that, you know what, this isn't really a health risk as much just because it is one injury. But fine, if, if you want to make that case, I'll listen to it. And I, I sure. Uh, I guess where I'm getting coming from here is he still was in the 30s, entering 2018. We're counting it as a lost season. But, I, I, well, let's talk about 17 that, then, because 17 was bad. I think it's I think it's fair. clear that we overranked him. Yes, myself. Included. I don't think. I mean, okay, great. 30 spots then. I have him at 64, not in the 30s. Sure. I mean, that's, that's really what I'm getting at. I think he's still in that same position that he was entering 2018 because now he's healthy and healing and all of that kind of stuff. He's ready to kind of hit the reset button on 2018. And yeah, I, obviously there is some risk. It's 30 spots or so lower than I had him entering 2018. But it's still very possible. I mean, he had that 24% carry in 2017. He had a 3.8% walk rate. I would like that actually to normalize slightly. 22% carry for like a 6% walk rate. It's like him and Bieber or two guys that'll want to see him walk more people. Because mm-hmm. um, that means that they're nibbling more and not giving in as much. And I think it's very attainable for him to have, you know, he had a 361 fifth, 363 Sierra in that season. If you go something close to that with that carry with 200 innings, that is 64 value to me. For me with Samarja, it's a guy that I don't think that the FIPS and whatnot are as good until we ever see him limit the homers. Um, because those are 
really leaning into the strong strike at the walk ratio, which I give him. I grant him that. And that's why I call him White Cole Pineda because he just is a Michael Pineda type. Um, I mean, it was a 14%. I'll be interested to see how, how things develop in spring for him. Sure, because yeah. Because if, if yeah. he does come out have a big spring, I can certainly see myself buying back in again. I had him at like the 110, the, the just off the list. This is not a uh, no-go for me entirely. One thing I will say – uh, as a positive is I do believe that he'll get uh, as much time as he can handle because they're paying him 20 mil. And I right. do think that that plays a role, uh, at least at the beginning of the season when you're kind of setting things up. We got 20 million allocated to this guy. If he's healthy, let's get him out there. If he goes and pitches like he did last year again, which I don't believe if he's going to be healthy that he will, then we'll reassess. But uh, so, yeah, I'm going to sit tight for now and, and kind of see where we go with uh, with Jeff Samarja. But I, I hear your points. I certainly and do. There is also something to be said. I mean, I'm not really going to make this argument a lot, but I think it's an interesting discussion that even in 2017, yes, he had a 442 ERA, but he still gave you 207 innings of the 24% K rate and a 114 FIP. Sorry, whip. Rather. 205 strikeouts and a 114 whip. Yep, that goes, sure. that's a lot of production, even though if, you know, if you can take some hit at ERA, there's still something there. It's not like, oh, 442 ERA, all right, this is a bad season all of a sudden. That is there's still uh, production to be had. So that was my justification that. for him, uh, you know, for the ranking that I had for Jeff Samarja was, was pointing out those things. So I totally, I totally feel you to that end with Jeff Samarja. Uh, let's move over to somebody we have definitely talked about. Uh, who I who I again kind of put him in that one ten one fifteen range, and it was Nick Kingham. Oh man, I know that's your boy. <laughs> well, is it though? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it is, it is. You, but it's you've funny to me. Him. You've adopted him. It's you can't hilarious. return after you adopt him. Um, I see some of the you know we we both spoke positively about him. He was a home run machine too. I don't think a two point one homer per nine is going to stick. Uh, he didn't bring his minor league success though. He did in in you know, flourishes here and there, but he really couldn't consistently get going. He had some, he had some just catastrophic outings too. That, okay. that was really the problem. This is the funny thing about Kingham to me. Like the way that people talk about him. I mean, yeah, you see the five, two, one ERA, all that stuff. I get it. It was really like two starts that just were bad. That were really bad for, for Kingham. It was, it was three for sure. Well, I mean, even that one of them, it's still seven strikeouts with one walk. Uh, no, no, no. It, it was, it was three. I don't, I, I don't see the third. July oh, no. 2nd, July 26th, September 23rd. Like, no those one's are starting him. No one is starting nightmares. him in September. No one is. I'm I mean, talking still, about like what you actually... counts, though. No, 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 no. Okay. We're, we're talking about... The time when we talked about Nick Kingham was essentially in May, June, July. And then he was a reliever for ages and he came back to start and everyone was... Wait. That would, no, I, I don't know that I agree that teams. no one's starting. I, 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 would, I, would, I don't know that I agree with that because he people had, are spot starting and he'd come off a decent start against at Atlanta on September 2nd. I bet you some folks did did take the shot there and say, oh, you know, he had some good bullpen outings. He had 10 innings with eight strikeouts, 270 ERA. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Even I, I'm, I'm going to say though, this. I'm going to say this, that, though. That doesn't uh, matter. Well, no, no. I, what I'm getting at is the whole idea is that the image of what Kingham did to your team Sure. Was being talked about before that twenty third start, that that September twenty third start. Like that's just kind of like, oh, I guess that happened too. The whole narrative of Kingham's year was well established before that start. Yeah, and that narrative to me was really just like two bad starts. While he had actually a lot of production in there, there is upside in Kingham still, uh, and he wasn't nearly. And also, by what the, is the upside? 
What is the upside? Yeah, like oh, not, I, not 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 not. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm more than happy not, to talk about this. What do you this. think? Like, not condescendingly. I'm saying no, what no, no. what what is the, the results upside? Yeah. Wait, wait, the results for, upside. What do you mean what, by that? Like what kind of like what kind of results do you really see for his upside as a 27 year old who's was why what like I'm starting to question like why he was slow roasted so long anyway like what what's going on. Okay, okay. So, so you're asking realistic ceiling or actual like what is his ultimate ceiling? Mm-hmm. I don't know which one you want. I'm asking. You say he still has upside. Yes. I'm wondering about that. Like, what, okay. I yeah. guess so talk the, to us about the upside. What I what I see is a guy that um, when when he was cruising had fastballs on both sides of the plate with command, a stellar slider with above a 20% whiff rate, and a changeup as well as a nullifier to left-handers that also had a 20% plus whiff rate. I think that we will see that if he gets it, if he's in the rotation through the year, we will see that often. I don't think that it's going to be a consistent thing where he becomes a top 20 pitcher. I do not believe that. I think there is a good case to be made that he could slot into the top 40 if he gets enough starts. Okay. That's, that's what I see. And I have him at 72. Yeah. It's which, not like you're yeah, over the top. This is essentially acknowledging that around this area, there are a few guys I really truly believe could be a top 41. I don't know if he'll necessarily get there. I don't. I'm a little fifty-fifty on that because his slider was a lot worse when he came back uh, mm-hmm. in the second half. Just not the same guy. And the fastball command wasn't. It was all kind of messed up. I wonder if that uh, start against the the Cubs was really really got in his head a bit. Um, and I know the one you're talking the, about. The, that was the start of the decline. Um, and that was two runs over an inning, but and that was like a forty pitch inning or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really just that was a free fall after that. Uh, but I mean, that's that's kind of what I see. I still see a top 40 guy here. Uh, and I don't think that that potential is gone all of a sudden. So, I mean, that's why I have him at 72. I think it's a worthwhile time to chase that kind of ceiling. OK, yeah, I just I, I, I bumped, you know, my outlook down in terms of a 27 year old who was down that long, you know, our. our is there still a lot to chase? And and for me, it was like, eh, not really. So uh, let me look at something real quick here. So what? So you think like um like a four ERA for a bunch of innings, something like that? Well, I think if he's going for a four ERA, he won't be on my team long enough. That's okay. what I'm getting at. Is that around seventy two? I'm recognizing that this is going to be a revolving door. The bottom normally like the bottom three starters on my team is going to be a revolving door. So if you if you look at that time from May fourth to July twenty sixth, the bulk of when he would have been on a team, and you take out the two three inning duds, it was a four oh two ERA. So that I think that's where I'm like it wasn't that good around that. There were really only oh I'm agreeing with you. Oh I, three, I'm not saying I'm not saying like that. Starts. I'm not saying that we saw it. Okay, I'm saying that he has the ability. Oh, All right, yeah, that's the that kingdom by the way for the yeah. uh, for the was, for the pirates here. Starts. Uh, well. It, you know that, that stretch you're talking about no because the april 29th one nobody had that that was uh oh i see what you mean okay that, 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 that's all i'm saying like i i that's if, fair it will take out the one one in the third against milwaukee uh we, we probably can't count the april 29th because that was one where you couldn't pick them up and you couldn't i remember I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that it was a sunday start because then in a lot of leagues you couldn't even pick them up that night uh, because he wasn't like uh, registered to be a pickup. If the yeah, you're April, right. 20, you're right. It was if I'm recalling correctly, yeah. And I, I was like, because I wanted to jump. 
You know, I was ready to <laughs> I was ready to jump on on Nick Kingham, and it was for a dumb reason, but I will own it. It's because his brother pitches for the Longhorns. I was like, Yo, I'm in on the Kingham family. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, the next one, and this was just a bit um, of the health concern for me, and the fact that I've never been a huge fan, but uh, Clay Buckholtz did pitch very well. Uh, hats off. Not only hats off, he performed for me. I I, <laughs> I reaped the benefits. So I, you know, freely admit that uh, I, I'm not so locked into thoughts on guys that I can't adjust and say, hey, this guy's pitching very well. He's available in this league. Let's uh, let's put him on the roster. But then he got what is it? A shoulder that he's dealing with. That's a good elbow. Elbow. Okay. PRP so injection and he won't require surgery for now that this is a little, you know, right. This is as, okay. It, as somebody who loves the, uh, Garrett, Garrett Richards and, and <laughs> went a whole bunch of PRPs and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and where did you have him ranked? I mean, I have him at eight of 84. It's exactly. pretty straightforward of again, revolving door. Let's see what we get. The guy had a two Oh one ERA and a one Oh four whip over about a hundred innings. That cut piece, man. So I don't expect him to pitch the full year. Definitely not. But yep. essentially at this point, it's like, okay, starting the season, who am I streaming with and who am I taking chances on? Sure, I'll take a chance at Clay Buckles is hot out of the gate. Sure. Why not? Sure. Um, so how much of the, of the 98 innings of awesome that we saw do, do you believe? Obviously not believe? a 201. I know that. But like, what, what do you believe he can realistically do when things kind of regress? We see a 347. Oh, FIP, we see, um, um, uh, let's see, a 408 Sierra. Uh, so we see some disagreement there. You know, st- stopped walking guys, cut into his homers. Homers have been an issue for Buckholz at times, particularly the last two years in 16 and 17 when he was well over one. Uh, 0.82 really rode a 217 average. But if you watch Clay Buckholz, you understood why. Like, I, I didn't think it was like a bunch of lasers that were being caught by guys. Uh, he did have a high hard contact rate, but I thought that he was in command of a lot of what he was doing. But isn't he a high threes, low fours kind of guy? Yeah, he is for the most part. I mean, I think it's a case where okay. uh, it's I'm really banking on like five starts to start the year. I mean, that's the kind of thing is, to try to just start the season with him right, and, start then, season and, then and then kind of see where it is. Again, also, his whiff rate went up to about 10 percent. Uh, mm-hmm. he's essentially his second career higher. So actually, no, the second highest he's had since 2009. Uh, that's something to be said about that cutter and the way that he used it. It was very effective. Also, his changeup, I believe, got had improvements as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, but I, I see it hopefully out of the gate. I can get like a 3-5 ERA in April. That's, okay. I mean, that's really what I'm playing at here, considering, again, it's 84. Yeah. Uh, maybe that can work, and that that's why he's there. No doubt, no doubt. All right, let's move on to some that I ranked that that you didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we covered Matt's. Let's talk about Luke Weaver. Yeah, sure. Now, Luke Weaver was somebody that uh, the the market. Where were you on him coming into the year? I think I was around thirty five, forty. Okay, so I thought that the market was a little aggressive on the whole mm-hmm. uh, on Luke Weaver, and I think that your ranking um, would agree with with that. I think. Oh, yeah, that I, you were I, I even lower than. Other people, I, I think people were taking him like top thirty consistently, and I just Let me find it was out. one of those. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll figure out what his ADP is. I just thought, hey, 
uh, as much as I like this guy, we did see 60 innings of good work, but that 29% strikeout rate with a 10% swinging strike rate is 9.6. Really, we'll round up to 10. I don't know where it's coming from. I was just a little bit nervous. He did, he did, he was working on another pitch, a slurve ball is what he was calling it, uh, sort sort of a hybrid pitch. Don't know that we saw really all that much of it. He had a he had a bad season. I mean, he did not pitch well. 136 innings of a 4.95 ERA, 150 WHIP. I'm still seeing a 25-year-old, though, uh, who I think can can develop. Uh, so despite the fact that it wasn't a great season, I wasn't particularly high on him coming into the year, I still gave him a 75 ranking because I think he's kind of a post-type guy who merits some interest. I don't think he's a 29% strikeout rate, but I also don't think he's just 20%. I think it can be more in the 21 to 23% range. And the walk rate, I thought, bumped up a little bit higher than I expected too. So I, I'm seeing a little bit of development, maybe push him to like, I don't know, similar to what actually what we saw in 2017 with the 388 ERA and 126 whip, but with skills more commensurate with that as opposed to that gaudy 29% strikeout rate. So again, with this, with these guys that we didn't rank, none of us have anybody like 30 that the other guy didn't rank. It's more of like getting them in that back tier and saying that we will take a shot on them. I will take a shot on Luke Weaver coming into the year uh, next year, whereas this year I thought the price was just far too high. Yeah, the price definitely was uh, too high. Uh, he was a top 100 guy, wasn't he? It's possible he was like right around 100 or so. Yeah. Um, and you made a good point about how our ranks really aren't that different. I was really shocked about it. Uh, here's the problem that I have with Weaver. I mean, there are two things, or three, I should say. One, his changeup was really bad. Um, his, I mean, it's really his, he, he was built on this fastball changeup combination, and the fact that his changeup was so good, it really it made his fastball better. For sure. It was really just not there, and it made his fastball even worse. The whole thing fell apart. Um, it's very much like Sonny Gray in a way. I mean, I think we kind of both uh, we attached them together as losing their jobs and not consistent and just not having their foundation. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem, the reason I left Luke Weaver off, is because there's just no spot for him. Uh, Carlos Martinez, Miles Mikolas, Jack Flaherty, Michael Waka. There's your four. Yeah. And then you also have... Adam Wainwright just resigned, and you have Alex Reyes ready to go. And considering how tumultuous Luke Weaver's season was, I wonder when he's actually going to start. And for me, especially when I'm talking about uh, about essentially, I think like the 60s or later, even maybe 65, I'm talking about the revolving door at the end of my rotation. I don't want to stash Luke Weaver because I don't actually think he'll have a job outside of spring training and the rotation. So that that's really the main reason why I didn't go with Weaver. If you told me that he's in the rotation out of the gate, I 100% agree with your ranking. Okay. But I just didn't include him because of, I don't believe he will be. We will have an interesting challenge of that notion though, with a lot of you guys later that you rank that don't have guaranteed. Well, jobs. Are you talking about the injury ones? No, no. Like the, the young bucks really. Well, I think, yeah, but I think they will. So yeah. But they That's, won't. They don't have it guaranteed any well, more than guaranteed. Yeah, no, well, any I more mean, than Weaver doesn't. And I made an assessment about what I expect. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's Luke Weaver. Uh, and then, like I said, we talked about Matt's Woodruff. Then presumably the same thing on a different scale, like that. You don't think he's going to have a job or what? I had what, well, Brandon Woodruff at well, eighty-eight. 
I don't love Woodruff. That's the thing. I mean, I, I, he did, I he like what he did, nice did. and it's not just it's not just the postseason for me though. I, I liked what he was able to do as as a little bit of a swing man in 42 innings of work this year. Um, you know, putting the 361, 118 ERA whip combo has the three pitches. I thought we saw more from the secondary stuff in in the postseason that that encouraged me. He has a good fastball, or he, he certainly had a good fastball this year with the way it worked, not just at the velocity, but also getting the results. Um, they do have some depth for sure. The 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 Brewers do. I actually think that their rotation could turn into a strength, whereas coming you know throughout this year it was definitely seen as the weakness, and and you turn things over to the bullpen. I think next year we could see a scenario where they actually have some some high quality in their uh, rotation, as a guy like J- uh, Jimmy Nelson returns, maybe somebody like a Freddie Peralta develops, and I think Woodruff could be part of that. So I was just intrigued by him. Eighty eight again, not like some colossal ranking, but uh, but he didn't make your list. Yeah, it, I mean, honestly, if there was someone from the Brewers that would have made it, it probably would have been Corbin Burns. Okay. Um, who's, who's a lot got of hype. Similar sort of prospect, uh, a bigger prospect, I believe. I think he's, he was ranked higher as a prospect, did some uh, relief work. I think he might have had a, a spot starter too as well. No, no, just, just no, the just, 30. It was just in relief from what yeah, I Yeah, 30 relief uh, innings. But don't sleep on these guys who were, who were quote-unquote just relievers when they're prospects coming. Now, I know Hayter... I don't think Hayter's coming back into the rotation anytime no, soon. No, no way. But I do think the Burnses and the Woodruffs of the world are certainly not locked into being yeah. really. And I like Burns just a little bit more. I think he has more of the overpowering stuff that speaks to more of a starter that they would believe in, as opposed, or like at least want to invest in that possibility that he he fleshes out into a a strong starter for them. There's also to consider. I mean, I even saw rumors swirling about Sonny Gray going to Milwaukee. Uh, and like a Thames Gray swap and about how uh, the I believe one of the coaches worked at Vanderbilt with with Gray. I thought it was an interesting oh my like, chance. And I would love Eric Thames in Yankee Stadium. Right. Holy freaking <laughs> like crap. They, I mean, it makes sense. There's like there's a lot of depth when it comes to uh, the uh, the outfield and first base in Milwaukee and the Yanks yep. could use someone like Thames. And it, it would just kind of make sense uh, to make that trade. Uh, I do. I do work. expect the Brewers to do something as far as padding that rotation, just sure. because they they saw kind of what happens when they don't really have it, when they don't really have that bona fide ace. And I understand Wayne Miley and Chastain were doing ridiculous things, but they did their thing, man. They really did. I mean, Chastain did it all year. Miley uh, was a late season addition and and held up through the playoffs. Um, I don't think either of us ranked Miley, by the way. Unsurprised. Oh, I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't. I don't nope, really trust him to overperform like he did. I understand the cutter and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really think that, nah, that's couldn't, something couldn't you should it. invest in. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Burns. If there's one of these guys that really makes it, it would be him. And I, I just, almost put him in there, but I just see too much of a haze. That I just didn't do it. Yeah, I'd like. To, I'd like to see the third pitch development from him. Right now, he's fastball, slider, but both. Both were really strong this year for Corbin Burns, particularly I mean, his fastball was especially nice. I mean, look at Flaherty. He only needs two pitches. Yeah, well, and we'll see. We'll see yeah, how he I mean, does. Aren't high, you a little bit? I was going to say, aren't I'm you a little high, bit cool he's still on top, him? He's still top 40. So, still top 30 uh, even, so. Let's see. You had Stranger Flaherty. Have yeah, we had 29 and 24, respectively. Me, 29, you, 24 with Flaherty. Just Wait, as an FYI. Oh, we're down to 29. You even have a start of a tier. Five spots. Oh, can we talk about? Can we talk about this? <laughs> just, just because I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm surprised that you're high on Tanaka but low on Flaherty. 
And I, mean, I say hi and like low, and this is like very small yeah, things. Yeah, it's nothing. The fact that well, the fact that you have, I have reverse tiers. Yeah. I have like my tier having a twenty-five, and then Flaherty inside of that top twenty-five as a tier, and then the next tier has Tanaka, for example. So that I mean that's why I thought it was interesting because we have them at different tiers. I just trust Tanaka a little bit more. I mean, I I, I don't dislike Flaherty. I, I wouldn't say that I'm as cool on him as you are, but you actually have him ranked higher. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of believability. Come here. I got dogs whining at me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like I like him. I just really like Tanaka. I've always been a, a Tanaka backer. This is Plato, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen How Plato. How you Plato? I'm sure everyone listening can see Plato, too. Uh, <laughs> Get your mouth noise. Well, well, the right. other okay, the argument against your love for Tanaka that surprises me a little bit is it I mean it's not exactly the same as more strike at upside in Tanaka, but he profiles out a little similar to Smarzja. Well, except he's good. I, I mean it was still a I feel you on the home runs for sure. Right. One four four last year, one seven seven. One seven seven last year was uh two years ago was uh well I, I still say this year for twenty eighteen. Until the calendar flips, at least there's always that that delineation point. When do you say last year? Oh yeah, no, that's but, uh, for me. Last year, still 2017, right? 100, percent yeah. But yeah, homers yeah. have always been an issue for Tanaka, 100. percent But I think he's had a lot more success with his home runs. He had the the tough oh, year, 2017 at 474. Um, but I'll take a 375, 113. It, it is a bit of a smart thing, but he also doesn't have Smarge's health. Um, he's had his <laughs> own health scenarios, but he doesn't have a dead season anywhere. Uh, okay. That's interesting. That's, that's an interesting argument of, uh, I mean, Tanaka's never had a 200 inning season. Correct. He's also and not. Smarja had five in a He's row. Five years year. younger. He's okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. Younger. Again, I think Tanaka is better. Yeah. They're a lot closer than I, I think your rankings would show. And that's my not thing. I'm, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised hearing all of your arguments against Samarja. Then all of a sudden, I have Tanaka in the tier above Flair. That's all. I well, his Tanaka's strikeout thing. rate didn't tank. Um, he's five years younger, and he's healthy right now. Samar- I mean, we just we call Samarja season a lost season, so we can't really say tank. Sure, we can though. Like, okay, calling it a lost season does not mean it doesn't exist. It acknowledges that there were, uh, it wasn't a a complete skills degradation. That there was there was health reasons uh, behind it. But for me, that doesn't mean that it is erased from from the board and and it doesn't count, so to speak. Particularly when you're at his age, um, you know. Okay, well, uh, right. Well, uh, when we're talking about essentially the impact of it being okay, now we have health concerns, not. The strikeout dropped. The strikeout rate dropped. That's what I mean by a lost season. Is like I'm not going to hold that accountable for him. I'm going to hold him accountable for his injury risk that we didn't really think was there, and now we need to bake that in. But I mean, I'm not going to see. Oh, and he also had a sub twenty percent cable. Well, yeah, of course he did because he was hurt. The question is, is he going to be hurt or not? That is the question, and that's a question that is not yet answered. Hence. Right. He didn't make the rankings. Uh, all right. So. <laughs> all right. That was a fun tangent. Okay. All right. Now let's move on to the three that Nick's higher on uh, than, than I am. And what it boils down to really is youth. And uh, I, it's an interesting discussion here because the two guys, I'm going to pair them together here. Joshua James, Tuki Toussaint. They're a little different. We'll get into the nuances in a moment. But I pair them two together. I would actually consider – if somebody said, how do I feel about them? I would say the word love. I love them. I'm a big fan of both. But I was substantially different than you 48 spots and 38 spots with James and Toussaint respectively because you went ahead and took the the, the big stand and said, you know what? 
I love this upside. I'm going to go ahead and put them up there. Now, I think I mentioned, I hinted at this earlier saying I'd bring something back up. You mentioned with somebody, I think it was, was it Woodruff or somebody else that doesn't have the guaranteed spot yet. And that, you know, oh, Weaver, Luke Weaver. Yes. Uh, and it was perfectly fair to say that because I, I, I agree with that, that he will have to push for a spot or may, maybe even have an injury, which there is some injury concerns on that team. But nevertheless, I don't think he opens as a full firm top five right now. James and Toussaint are facing the same thing. I imagine your confidence level is higher that they will get one, particularly with James, because Keuchel and Cole, or excuse me, Keuchel and Morton are both free agents. I doubt they resign either. That leaves Cole Verlander and then open. They can go a lot right. of different routes, but James was really interesting this year. He did come up. He had 23 strong innings. But how do you balance the risk assessment of taking a young guy like that high, high-ish, high-ish? It's not that. It's it's still a pick where. You're going to lose some of your top 50 pitchers, you know, you, you, meaning you're going to cut them. But where do, where's the cutoff point to? Like, how do you balance that risk assessment? A guy we like, Nick King, we talked about. He burned us. He gave us right. 55 innings. Even if we cut it off, we would say we couldn't get the first start, but then we got the next 10. And then when he got beat by the Mets, we, we left him. He gave us 55 innings of like a 520 ERA. He hurt us. How do you balance making sure you don't get hurt too much with – getting the potential upside of of darn near aces here because I love the the talent of both these guys, particularly James. How's that assessment work that you landed landed top five uh, top fifty for James and I think top sixty for Tucson. Oh no, um top fifty one. He's just two yep. spots behind. So go ahead and talk about those two. Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head about this being that threshold, that moment. Um if you look at mine, it's a Cole Hamels at forty six and Morden at forty seven. And I do think that that is the moment where I say, okay, you know what? Now is when I think we have this massive pool of a very similar talent across the board for a long time. Very much of when I think your term, the glob hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I even see, I mean, I think there's I see guys, globs, to be honest, because I think there's an right. early glob and then it morphs yeah. into the later. This globs. is the later glob, I yep. think, is right now. And in my, how I see this, I see someone like I have at Mike Miner at 78. Mm-hmm. As someone that I was able to pick up in multiple 12 teamer leagues this past year. When you had great I got, success I got, with your streamers. So talk right. about that a little yeah, bit. I, about, like I did, um, I did 156 streams through the year that I had to take. Every under 20% yep. owned. Uh, and they're, they're, the reason why it's not a full 172 or so is because some guys got injured or there was a rain out. There was a ton of Oh, yeah. Some of them didn't, didn't actually happen. And then but they, you like, did pick one every it, day. Stuff like that. But it's okay. a, yeah, I picked one every day. Had to do it under 20% owned. Minor was a popular one, uh, like Derek Holland became one. Then a lot, a lot of these guys moved out of it. Yes. But overall, that was a 350 ERA or so. Wow. Um, with an 8 plus K per 9. And that's over 900 innings, a large sample. And so I see a lot of the guys in this tier as similar to those types of players that, that you're able to get through the year. And I imagine there'll be a new pool of guys this year. I mean, even some on this that are not on this list where they're like, Jaime Berea had a 341 ERA yeah. this year. And that worked out for that. Teammate so, Felix Pena did some things right, uh, exactly. here and there yeah, that good, he was good he was good. Too. Yep. So I, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is I don't see so much of a difference, um, especially in a 12 teamer. Because again, this was how it was for me and a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand for deeper, like you're 15. This isn't as I wouldn't be as high on Josh James. I I, th- I agree with that completely. Sure. Um, you got to bring it down I, a little because the pool won't yeah, be as rich. Exactly. Um, but the distance I see, so if Josh James doesn't work out or this just like the first two starts and he just doesn't have the repertoire there and I'm able to say, you know what, 
I, I think I need to go after something else. I think that gap isn't so far. And I would at this point want to take that chance for someone that can make a huge impact this season. And as you mentioned, the Astros rotation, they have three spots. Colin yeah. McHugh probably will take one. Could get one, yeah. Um, Peacock could and, get back in there. But even 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 if both those veterans went back in, still that's a still one. fifth spot for James. Um, could be Framber Valdez, yep. but I think the Astros really like uh, Josh James more, and they should. It's an amazing oh, electric fastball. That so changeup awesome. is brilliant. He's so um, and he awesome. also has a great breaking ball on top of it. He has the three that I believe in. I really think that if you're looking for someone kind of like your Corbin from last year, where that, that was in the 50s of being uh, picks, mm-hmm. Josh James is the closest to something like that that you can get in the 15th round or later in your 12-teamer. I think he'll be around for a lot of them around that point. And I just don't see, I, I don't think that there are so many guys below it. I mean, I understand that he, I have a 48. I, th- I kind of think, forget the number. Uh, it just, it's just 48 to about 70 or so. It's the same tier of guys. And I'd rather just go after the upside of James than you ever a lot consider. Of the him. This is something I've thought about multiple mm-hmm. times. By the way, no one's going to be able to see this. I don't care. I brought it in. I told you I got a new case that they didn't send the second piece <laughs> to. Here's what it looks oh, like. Oh, that's so good. You guys got to see this. You'll put it on Twitter. I'm yeah, sure. I'll put it up. Um, they Charlotte did, with a balloon. They didn't send the second <laughs> piece, but um, I'm getting a, a recent. That's great. Uh, anyway, so have you ever thought about just ranking a top, say, 35, 30 to 40, whether it's 30, 35, or 40, since we kind of do things in fives in, in the mm-hmm. world, um, that you're really strong on? These are the these are the foundational pieces. And then just doing tiers of players, after, pitchers after that. Here's my crusty veterans. Here's my upside youth. Here's my strikeouts only. Here's this my this. Funny. Here's my this. Have you ever thought about doing that instead of a full-on top 100? So actually, um, one thing that I'm experimenting with, I'm not going to promise that it will be around, but one thing I want to do to the list is give exact labels to everything, to yes. express exactly this. Um, we're thinking maybe in images, so it's kind of so you can quickly assess and you have the key at the top and you'll quickly yeah. be able to assess it. I like it. Um, but essentially to say, like, yeah, the reason this guy is here because he is injury prone. So he's lower. So they're all, or yeah, that, all the injury guys. Or that here. he's a young, he's a spice girl. Mm-hmm. Or that yeah, because you have your you have your categories as it is anyway. Right. So Toby. Exactly. Think about the numbers. Here's 20 Tobys. And right. if you and they're generally the same. You may like one better than the other. That's fine. Take your favorite Toby. You yep. may like a different uh, Spice Girl different because I, I again, I agonize after about 40. <laughs> and I'm what am I agonizing for? Because I could honestly hear a case. I have Rich Hill 42. If somebody came up to me and said, you know what? I'm super high on Joe Musgrove. You got him 64. I'd rather have Joe Musgrove over Rich Hill. I'm not going to twist their arm on that and say that that's right. insane. And that's 22 points. And it would feel like a big gap, but it's not. It's not really. It's- so I've I, I've often moved away from tears just because the, uh, tears to me often suggest a cliff. Sure. And very often it's not a cliff. It's just a complete spectrum. Yeah. And it's very tough to say, okay, here's where the tier is. There's only like three times that that really happens, that there is a distinct cliff. So I generally just avoid that. But I think I kind of have to just do it and and say that I could put the tier here and there, but this is kind of where it starts being apparent. Uh, So I I think that is something that will be changing for 2019 in Pitcherlist 4.0. Yeah, I've been thinking about it now for years, to be honest, of of just saying here's here's a firm top 40. 
These are kind of your foundational guys. You're going to get hopefully a couple of these to set up your rotation, depending on how aggressively you want to draft pitching. And then we're going to open it up. And what do you want to supplement? Because that's the thing, too. You're supplementing them with things that you need anyway. If you get a right. couple of the um, you know, lower strikeout but but firm ratio, firm innings types, I'm trying to think like uh, Michaelis, Grinky, um, I guess Brio's strikeout rate kind of bumped up this year, but you get my, you know, Hendricks or whatever, you get those guys. Well, then you are going to need some some strikeout young guns later. Maybe you get a bunch of strikeout guys, but they're volatile or they have high whips. Maybe you want to get some of the steadier guys who can give you, a, you know. So I, I'm thinking of maybe just doing that because yeah, right? no matter fun, how right? much we write it and say don't get hung up on the number, everyone does. We all do it. Yeah, of course. That's why we have it as a top 100. That's the most fun way of presenting it. It really is. It really is. By the way. Side note, not on the notes. I got a comment um, in mine. I ranked him 86th. Lucas Giolito. I say, why is he even on the list? I said, you're right. He shouldn't be. He's 90 on your list. Do you think he should even be on our lists? Yes. Why? Uh, what he's, okay, so the final couple weeks of September was not was definitely a step back. His September was a nightmare. I think I kept remembering right. the August. Well, it was the July and August where he started all of a sudden and hinting at what he could be. And I... I do like the idea that give him more time. I think he can keep refining it, and the Chicago White Sox will give him all the time that he needs. They certainly should. And, and he showed that that potential. I uh, am I going to be drafting him? No. Is it possible for me to to fathom if he's out of the gate throwing harder and with command of a curveball that I'd be excited? Yes, that is a possibility, and that is the reason why he's at ninety. Yeah, and I, I got him about the same, but I, I actually took the comment and said, you know what. I don't yeah, know. If, I, I don't know. If he's going to make the one hundred on, on yeah. the review uh, again. It'd be like one of those guys in the one ten, one fifteen range, right off the list. But I think I am going to take him off. But uh, anyway, that was that was tangent there. All right. Mm-hmm. So James, despite we have us having a bigger split on him, I'm actually more in on him than Toussaint in terms of yep. if I knew he had a spot. Again, I really like both, but I I. I Give me one word that James is is starting, and he's skyrocketing up my rankings. He's at least sure. he's moving twenty five points off just on that. Um, but I did have him ninety six right now, a little bit cautious. I just want to make sure people understood that he was there. But hey, if you want the Josh James love, you go to pitcherlist.com and you look at that list. <laughs> you can yeah, that will be that will be our like reveal, the gift breakdown of J- Josh James. That'll be funny. Oh, he's, he's so good. All right, eighty nine <laughs> is where I have Tucson. You got him fifty one. Again, similar deal. I do have a little bit more concern about him, despite ranking him higher. I, I again, but ninety six to eighty nine is is not much. I, I think he has a shot at getting the rotation spot. Didn't like everything we saw from him, though. He walked the yard. We know that that's part of his his deal. I am encouraged that he still put up rather positive, relatively strong results when you consider a 6.5, you know, 21 walks and 29 innings, that he had a 403 ERA and 135 whip. That just speaks to the strikeout capability and how much he can keep hitters off balance with the hit per nine. Um, where can the refinement come to get that walk rate down to something manageable? Because obviously you can't live. Yeah. At that range. Um, so, so actually, we were talking about Tuka Toussaint before. And yeah, I, the more I think about it, I think I am a little too high here on Toussaint. My mentality going into this um, was, all right, again, Charlie Moore is essentially the cliff, the tier. Let us let me see the guys that are you know the, the ones that I think could be, have the highest chance of getting out of this tier. 
I, and I, um, I, I see that with Josh your list. James, like, there's a lot Fulmer, of Soroka. Yeah, yeah. You have Valdi, could Valdi, Stripling. I if kind got of a spot. just threw right, exactly. Uh, Heaney, if he really hammers in that changeup, mm-hmm. uh, and we've seen it from Dallas Keuchel before too. Uh, so with Toussaint, I kind of grouped him in with James Soroka and Toussaint as well. I, I I believe ultimately Soroka will have that spot over Tuki, and the more I think about Toussaint, the the upside that everyone talks about with him isn't as solid to me because he really doesn't have the fastball command that he needs mm-hmm. and the splitter starter. right and the splitter is his third pitch that's an off and on pitch and it was completely off and on for him too especially when mapped without say the fastball command that Tanaka has shown or yep. I guess like the slider command I really should say about Tanaka or even Gaussman when he's on it's rooted in a four seamer command that sets up that splitter speaking of so, Gaussman he's going to be there maybe he can help him out that's a really good coaching point. you know that'd be kind I of interesting that. uh but right so what i'm talking about with say james and soroka and fulmer i can see their path to that upside being a lot cleaner and easier than toussaint so i probably would lower toussaint a bit um i mean again this is assuming that he has a rotation spot and that's a harder path again than it is for soroka um who i think has a has at least a first chance ahead of tukey i uh, but i would i mean they did go with him a lot in the playoffs. They really showed some faith with him. Yeah. Which makes me a little more uh, apt to put him higher. But I I think I'd probably put him 67. Okay. Or so. If so I was up and down this. around to your Lucchesi, Godley, Musgrove, Cece range. Yeah, exactly. Right, right below. Around. Yeah, right below Lucchesi ahead of Godley because I'm just. Uh, I'm so frustrated by Godley's mechanics. <laughs> yeah. And it's I. killing I, me. 49th. Saw you know, liked some things in the second half from Godley, but he was he was a frustrating one. He was somebody I believed yes. in. I was really excited about, and then he burnt us. All right, uh, another, this is another young guy, but he's not on the same level here. And I just kind of want to talk a little bit. I did rank Trevor Richards. I just didn't have him as high. We have a 19 point split, and again, sounds big, but this is when you're talking about getting in that back end glob. Uh, that the difference between 93 and 74. I don't know that your assessment's going to be different than mine. We just happen to put them put him at different number. You probably put him on the high end of the of your spectrum, and I probably had him closer to the low end. But I thought he was worth talking about because uh, Miami guys are are hidden. Like no, nobody gives them a second thought. And Trevor Richards, this may shock some folks who didn't have him or anything. Twenty four percent strikeout rate. He did some things in the second half where he was actually contributing. I bet you used him a bit in your one hundred and fifty two oh, starts. Here's my final two streamers. Well, the last two times he started, I, I streamed him. So talk to us a bit was, about about him and what, what you could see from a 26-year-old Trevor Richards going into next year. Well, you're talking about his second half. And essentially since the start of July, he uh, began throwing his changeup by far his best pitch. He started throwing it about 40% of the time. And that is a very, very good offering. Uh, we talked a moment before, I think, about Junis. Mm-hmm. And how he has an elite pitch. Well, this changeup, twenty four percent whiff rate over seven hundred twenty thrown last season. Whoa, I I love that. So uh, and he's he's in the NL Easy as well, so that means the Mets. The, uh, the unfortunately Phillies he doesn't get his own team. I know it's too bad. <laughs> <That'd> be... <laughs> it's a little but yeah. different. I mean the the Nationals. Who knows what they'll look like That's next thing, year though, without Bryce Harper? They could actually not necessarily be easy, but they not, might not be a a, a, right. a major threat because they traded right. some pieces like, away and Harper could leave. So you're looking at you know some some quality guys, but maybe not the most daunting. And right. then and uh, the Braves, of course, and the Braves. You know they solid. They're solid. Solid offense. Yeah. But, uh, so so Trevor, I, 
I could fathom that he figures out his his breaking ball, whichever one he wants to go with, and that's or I think actually it is a curveball, but they keep calling it a slider, or it's, it's just one of those back and forth about it. It's one of those mixers that uh, whatever site you're looking on might group it as a slider, the other one might group it as a curve. So it's one of those kind of in betweeners. We'll just call it his breaker. Yeah, well, that sounds good. I. I, I, I want one of those pitches to come up, but I really do feel that if he gets comfortable with his fastball, his changeup will do the rest, and that will return easy 12-team value if that happens. I mean, he did for good some good stretches last yep. year. Obviously slowed down a little bit. It had a terrible three-game stretch against the Phillies, Mets, and Nationals uh, at the start of September, but then recuperated for two shutout games in about 14 innings his last two starts. With 17 punch-outs. So there is a possibility that that does happen, and that's why I have him. Again, this is the range of I'm willing to take some chances at this point. This is the revolving door for a 12-team, or maybe Trevor Richards could just run with it out of the gate. So at this point, I'm going after it. Let me hit you with something that isn't on the list because neither of us ranked him, and I'm sure you got a question, and I know I did. Another Trevor. You know who I'm talking about? Cahill? Nope. We both ranked him, I think. Yeah, we did. Uh, oh, brilliant oh, second half. Williams. Yes, I do not believe we in did Williams not rank second. Trevor. Will- Neither of us did in our top 100 it's, for a guy. It's Andrew Kashner of 2018. Oh, that's devastating. He had a 311 <laughs> ERA, 118 whip for the season, but his second half. I mean, this dude won people leagues. He didn't quite get my buddy in an NL only to the finish line, but he was a big part of his surge up to. I think it was like from eighth to second. And obviously, he had other guys performing. You can't just have one guy. This guy had Soto and Acuna. You can tell he's our prospect guy. Um, but he, you know, he surged him up the rankings, and it was a big part to get that, particularly in an NL only. But Trevor Williams. Had the brilliant second half. Neither of us ranked him. You do say he's the cashier. He missed more bats than that. But, I mean, I think it kind of – I'm so devastated by that comment because it's, it's so painfully <laughs> accurate. But he had a 129 ERA uh, and 58 strikeouts in his final 77 innings over 13 starts for Trevor Williams. Uh, was he on your just missed or did you just not even consider? No, he he would be in the in the one ten. Okay. I mean, it's it's just really hard for me to endorse it in any way because again, these are the things I'm going after. Chances, I'm I'm trying to hit throw as many darts as possible. Yeah, and an eight point one percent whiff rate over that thirteen game stretch with a I think it's a four fifty one Sierra, and only eighteen percent soft contact. So I'm not really believing so much in his ability it, to induce weak contact. Constantly. It was wild, it just, dude. It was wild. It just, doesn't make a four percent home run fly ball rate, but only a nine percent infield fly ball rate. Yeah, they weren't uh, weren't just good outings; they were shutout outings, like regularly five, six shutout innings. I wrote about him in uh, in in early September, just like I don't understand this. <laughs> this is absolutely insane. What's going on? I don't have answers, guys. I'm sorry. Like I didn't want to discount the whole thing, particularly in the here and now. But then when you have an off season to assess, can you bring that magic back? And I just don't think so. I think he's like a four ERA guy without many strikeouts. And so that's so bland because even in this, his strikeout rate went down. It's not like he even maintained the the um, like what is it nineteen percent rate that um, that he had coming into the year. Let me see. Uh, 
18 percent. Well, actually, he did because he lowered his walk. So he was 18 all the way through. It was his K9 that lowered from 7.8 to 7.0 to 6.6. But either way, Trevor Williams was just tough. And I know a lot of people are probably like, you guys are insane. Look at those results. <laughs> but I do think that even if he's not a 100 percent Andrew Kashner analog, that exact kind of season is what you should be thinking of when you're wondering why somebody who had such good results doesn't get ranked in two guys' top 100s. Um, I think he was better than than Kashner, but I also think he'll be better than Kashner was in 18, just not enough to really be top 100 worthy for Trevor Williams. Right. I mean, it, let's say Trevor Williams is a 4 ERA next year. I don't – it's just no not enough. And, and yeah, no strikeouts. That's and the can thing. we even feel like he's going to do like a uh, put together a great whip? Because if he is getting back to four ERA, he had a 407 right. 131 combo in 2017 for 150 innings. I think that's who Trevor Williams is. And I hats off for having a great run. That's awesome, dude. I'm sure he was rolling. I'm sure he was pitching some of his best baseball. It, it, you know, to have a run like that, it can't all just be blind luck. I don't believe so, at least. It has to be you're pitching some of your best ball. You're getting some good luck. Your defense is picking you up. It's all those factors working as one. But is it going to continue next year? I just don't see it. So we didn't rank him, and yeah. uh, I don't think I'm you should necessarily there. try to draft him. All right. all right. Let's talk about your guys. Let's talk about three I guys here. I right. want you to get excited about someone. I don't want. I want to hear that in your voice. Well, the interesting thing is, my first guy. I'm not that excited about. I just put him out there. It's like, uh, you know, I, I I I can value some of the. I don't even like this guy. He's a young thief. Rick Porcello, you're giving him no love, and I don't know that you're I necessarily thief. blame you. We had a 40 point split from 52 to 92. Um, I was acknowledging the the kind of uh, whip. That, that this goes again to if you're drafting things, you're getting a bunch of strikeout guys who maybe have some whip issues. You can stabilize it with 190 innings from Porcello, a lot of which will be good. You may have periods where you want to cut him. In fact, didn't he have like he started off brilliantly, went back in the tank and then stabilized? Is that how his season went? It was it was, it was a three, four, four ERA through his first 16 starts and then wound up with a 428. I mean, just look at this. He started with a, a 214 through his first seven. Then just decided to urinate all over you for four starts with the 729 ERA in four outings and then got back on track and, and kind of finished solidly as as well. No, not really 457 ERA for the final 124. So still more volatility there. It's a, that's the thing with Porcello, too. You don't know what you're getting. You can get a great setup and think that oh, no, I can put him in for this. And he goes out two innings, eight runs. Four innings, seven runs. Now, both of those were against Toronto. I guess Toronto has his number a bit. But you know what I was really displeased by with Porcello down the stretch? A bunch of five-inning outings. Like, And I rely on – if I'm going to take a guy like that, I need some innings. So, like, I get that you're lower on him. I just I, – a 40-point split was surprising. It, for me, this, prob- this is probably a good example of our split in um, league focus. 10 12 teamer versus 15 teamer. I'll get some stability versus, you know, chasing that upside because you can replace it. And I totally get that. I don't know that that Porcel is somebody that I'm really chasing by any stretch. I will say this this goes back to the point we made earlier, obviously, on a much higher scale with Kershaw. But don't rank somebody this high if you're not going to take him there. I don't think I'd take him 52, so I need to move him down. So that's on me, and I will move him down. I just thought 92 was a little bit lower than I would go. But for for the setup that you had for your ranking, I do understand it. Right. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I have Porcello higher come we, actual March. We might meet March. the middle. Right, we exactly. Might, it, might meet 75. 
it's a case where once I hit that point, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be just chasing the things that I can find as believable upside. Yep. Purcell kept getting knocked down, down, down. I could see Trevor Cahill being productive in April and going crazy. I could say even Jose Arrania spinning off a good series. We've seen improvements from him. Yeah. Uh, if Peralta gets a rotation spot, well, we were really excited oh. about him for a bit. Yeah, we're diving so, in on that. Uh, I totally agree <laughs> there. Um, so that, that the, Milwaukee the rotation is going to be interesting to see how it develops. Yeah, definitely. We'll yeah, see no, if, I, they, I, you know, if they get that starter or not as well. Uh, so with Porcello, ah, he's the thief to me. I, I'm with you. I'm a tiger. <laughs> no, you know I'm a I'm a Jay guy through and through. You um, know how angry I am at that. That was uh, that was a robbery. I don't. I, I I can understand the argument that he is a three seven ERA guy at heart. Yeah. At the same time, I see three of his last four seasons with an ERA well above four. And you know uh, it was that one one eight whip. So I can I can get it. You know Ben though, and and he did have a um yeah he's had some good whips, but he's also had two cu- crummy ones, one forty last year and one thirty six back in fifteen. So I understand again fifty fifty two or whatever I had is too high. I will move him down into the seventies. Um, one thing that's really been interesting for me is. I think as he's like gone for strikeouts, he's allowed a lot of homers. I'd almost not. I don't want him to go back to like five and a half strikeouts, uh, you know, a fifteen percent rate. But maybe get back down on the ground a little bit and keep the ball in the yard. And I would sacrifice some of the strikeouts because that whip would be a little bit more of a stable bet for Rick Porcello. So that's a little bit interesting to me that that he still continues to have that issue uh, with the homers. Yeah. Well, this is a funny thing I just realized. In his lowest home run per fly ball of his career, it was 9.3% in 2016. That was also his lowest walk rate. Ooh, interesting. 3.6. That's strange. That's exactly the opposite of what we've been talking about yep. with Samarzja. Yep. So that, I mean, that was just like the weirdest year. 2016, he made a deal with Eef. the devil. He, get, he got the whole thing. Eef. Not only did he perform at his best, everyone else had to perform at their worst. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> you get a Cy Young. Thief. All right. <laughs> Um, anyway, okay, let's go into the next one because this one I definitely have a little bit more heart. This is a fun behind. one, yes. Um, I love Ross Stripling. Now, I do understand the count, the initial counter is going to be what the heck are they going to do with their rotation? And I imagine that that's part of it because you already hinted at the fact that you just globbed them all together. They're their own glob, and that makes total yeah. sense because they're wild. We don't know what the Dodgers are going to do. That point I definitely do get. Uh, I went ahead and took a stand on the one that I would want outside of uh, Bueller and, and Kershaw, both of whom we had at the higher end. We, we were established on those guys, and that's if Kershaw's even on their team. I put him as a free agent uh, with a question mark next to it. But then I went for Stripling next because I really love his stuff, and I understand that some people are going to be put off by him because he's not even on the playoff roster. And they're like, what? You know, how do you like this guy who didn't even make the playoffs? Uh, what, what, what are you seeing in him? I still see a deep arsenal that I really like. I understand that not every one of his pitches, you don't count all of them as as check pluses. Uh, I believe it's the changeup that you hate uh, and with good reason because it's a bad pitch. Uh, but I don't think he needs it to be successful with the two breakers and the fastball and the way he works them. His t- You want to talk about tunneling? Um, go take a look at what Ross Stripling does and the way he fools guys that think that fastball is coming in and then it falls off the table as the slider or the curve. Now, if somebody taught him a changeup, 
he'd be devastating. Uh, but I, I, I just kind of planted my flag as that's the, the Dodger that I want outside of Bueller, who's going to be a top 20 pickup, you know, top 15 even. Um, but yeah, Stripling was my guy there. I understand what you did. How do you feel about him, though, uh, putting aside the fact that you globbed the, uh, the, the Dodgers together? Yeah, I think that they'll put him back into the rotation. I think they were a little bit worried about his innings and his health, and yeah. they limited him a bit at the end of the year. It is very frustrating having to deal with Dodger. Yep. Yeah. It's oh, it's so annoying. Um, now that curveball is a money pitch uh, by the definition. Forty-two and a half percent O swing, forty percent zone rate, and a fifteen and a half percent swing strike rate. Very nice, and he does a very good job of keeping that low while keeping the four-seamer up, and then the slider in the middle acting as a good strike-getter. I think, honestly, that's all you need to do. That's what Bueller does to a more extreme sense uh, with a better fastball. Uh, But I think Stripling can continue to do that. The question I really have is, did we see him at his best last year? Uh, And is he going to be able to repeat what he did at the same level? I don't know. I... That that's really the biggest hesitation I have. I mean, when I put I had the four Dodgers really next to each other: Stripling, Urias, Maeda, and Wood. And I put Stripling first because he is my favorite of that bunch. Mm-hmm. I legitimately just don't know what the Dodgers that's are going to do, and it's annoying. It's so frustrating. I but yeah, I think I mean I, we see a three hundred two ERA and a one one nine WHIP. I think that's attainable. Do I believe a twenty seven percent K rate? No, I don't think you do either. No. Uh, I would say 24%. Very, very. Yeah, I think somewhere baseball. right around right around 24, 20, 23 to 25-ish is, is what I'd be looking for there for sure. Mm-hmm. So, right. If he does get that rotation spot out of the gate and there is an understanding that he won't get messed up with as the season goes on. Yeah, 3-5 ERA with a 1-2 whip and change and a 24% K rate. Very attainable. I think that's, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, I have him at 55. Where do you have him? 35. We're literally okay. a, a flat 20 spots apart. So, um, so if Stripling does get it for sure, uh, that, that would update mine. I would probably put him – I'm looking at this now. Yeah, I would probably put him right around 35. That's, okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Right. So I didn't think we had a fundamental disagreement there. I just wanted to no, give some good. love to my guy there. Uh, another curveball. I want to talk about Walker real quick, Walker Bueller. Sure. Because uh, we are both high, 15 for you, 18 for me. Um, I think the market will be as well. I don't think we're necessarily out on any sort of limb. I do want to talk about what you're really seeing because I think putting him there, we're saying this is a potential fantasy ace ready to ready to bust through and, and, and yep. really be that guy who changes your season next year. You're going to have to pay the toll for it. I mean, he was 22nd uh, on ESPN's player rater with 137 innings. I mean, what the heck do you think he can do with 180? I mean, it could be nuts. And I'll tell you what, it's a small thing, and I'm not trying to get too hard on, on a single narrative, but the fact that of all teams, the Dodgeritis team, Dave Roberts, did not yank him after that god-awful second inning against Atlanta and let him come back out and throw three perfect innings is just a microcosm of why I love this guy. Right. They could have easily taken him out. I wouldn't have even bashed him. I wouldn't have even bashed Dave Roberts. I just said, you, you got to take him out. He had a, he, he was, he couldn't, he walked the pitcher. He walked Sean Newcomb for a run. <laughs> like, I get it. He it was his off night. They showed that confidence. They left him in three perfect innings and again that's not the only reason i ranked him high that's just a microcosm of why i love this kid and i really do see an ace are we seeing the top five potential already in 2019 i don't know if i'd say top five potential because that really demands 200 innings that's fair i 
Uh, but as far as the ability and the innings that he'll give, yes, there is that potential there. I really want to hone in on his final 12 starts of the year, starting okay. on July 31st. Let's do it. That is a 13% overall whiff rate, a bump from his 11% that a lot of people will look at as kind of a concern about that strikeout rate being above 27%. I'm not scared about that at all. I think the four-seamer up, breaking stuff down, is such a tried-and-true approach, mm-hmm. and Bueller does it to a T. It's fantastic. 64% for strike rate as well over that time. And his IPS, innings per start, in the, all, on that time, is 6.5. Love it. This, he was going deep. He was... Uh, Dave Roberts was letting Bueller go deep, and this is from a team that again of all teams, often guys yep. go more than five or so. Now, and to see Bueller acting as that ace for them, I, I think that's really where he's going to go, and he will be let loose. And another guy, if he somehow developed a changeup, because his also wasn't very good, he didn't use it a lot either. So it's not it's not instrumental to his success in any way. It was a four percent pitch that he's just kind of working on. If you add that to what is already a four-pitch arsenal with the fastball, slider, curve, and cutter. Oh, my God, dude. You can't I mean, you give him another weapon. The, listen, he had the ace potential coming up. Like, this is, this, is, this is one that just, like, pans out, right? You talk about prospects. It's already starting to pan out. It's not fully fledged. I understand that. He's just 23. I don't want to go too crazy. It's 147 total major league innings. But this is why you get hyped on pitching prospects because when it when it does come together, it can be so nice so quickly. And so I'm excited. I'm ready to pay the toll. I will be paying <laughs> the uh, the 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 high end price for somebody like this because Walker Bueller is a monster. I'm just super geeked on him. So I now, just want to give him some love. Now, two quick things about him. You're talking about him adding a changeup, and maybe that will help him improve a lot. I don't think it's that necessary. It's definitely against not. Lefties. I'm just saying well, it'd be lefties, nasty. It's a, it's a, yeah, a fair. That's very fair. Woba of 251 against lefties, against righties, 243. Yeah, he keeps them off balance with, with, with the fastball. And the, that's the thing. He uses right. arsenal against everybody. He's already so – it's just – the only thing that it, it makes you pause is the age and in, in, in workload so far. It just hasn't been that much, but it's been so good that I don't, I'm not just going to crutch on that and say you, you can't go over, uh, for somebody who's been this good, though. This is this is better right. than anything Luis Castillo did. This is better than you know young guys that we've we've boosted up in the past. This was elite, and he's still doing it in the playoffs, in the freaking – Right, and uh, the other great. point that I think a lot of people have contention with is, well, he only threw – uh, a total of about 150 innings or so between the minors and majors last year. Yes. How many innings do we really expect? Well, we've talked about a lot how 180 is a new 200. Exactly. So I, I think a 30-inning jump, especially considering that he went through the playoffs this year too, is fine. And, yes. 180 should be okay. Uh- on the playoff innings, in terms of what they do, you should you should put an accelerator on a 1.5 to 2.0 accelerator on playoff innings when you're adding those to his count as well. He's got he's probably going to end up with like 22 or so. Let's depending on how far the the um the World Series goes. So we'll put a 1.5 on that plus 13 minor league innings plus 137. Now you're at 183. Again, in terms of what the wear and tear. This is uh, we had Smoltz on the podcast. I know he gets a lot of heat now, and it's I, I share in some of the heat of what he says on on the broadcasts. But when he was on the show with Eno and I, he talked about the taxing of playoff innings. Verlander's talked about it too, where it is a little bit of an accelerator. So if you if you see him as somebody who already threw 180 bullets uh, from an arm usage because you have to go a little bit harder in the playoffs. He's already there. I think he's ready to deliver a 180 plus inning season. And then if you get that dream season where it's 200, look out. Although I do think that they'll 
skip them once here and there just to kind of keep it around that because they have to plan for October, right? With a team like the Dodgers, they just they don't have a need to push them 200 in reg, in the regular season. They're going to go 180 and then give them the other 25 in October. So, right. but yep. but he can be great there. So I just want to give Walker Buehler let let the folks know that we love him. He is a he is a fantasy ace in the making. And then my last guy, I don't again, not really any disagreement here because you just tiered your your injury guys. In fact, if anything, when we talked about him on Yeah, I think I'm higher than you. Yeah, are. <laughs> I actually think I'm a little bit uh more sour on Alex Reyes, but we have an 18 point split which again, when you have to kind of get 25 or higher for it to really be a difference at this point, but I did want to bring him up because of the fact that I ranked him higher yet you seem a little bit higher on him uh when we were talking on Gchat. Uh I do have a little bit of concern on the health and and just as it's been more uh it's been consistent it's been different things too he obviously had this lat strain that ended up requiring surgeries had tommy john i love the talent i'm still ready to draft him i like i'm 77 i think there will still be a little bit of a discount so i'm i i am willing to to dive in um but i i'm not gonna go crazy do you think he's somebody that if he comes in, they say he's locked and loaded. Does he jump into that Josh James area for you? On, That's uh, kind of what I was thinking. Oh. Yeah, probably around like 51, okay. 52. It might be mid-50s. Um, I, I think Josh James has a better better road ahead uh, than than Alex Reyes. If I mean, this is, again, assuming they're both in rotation to start the year. Um, as I mentioned with Weaver, there really isn't a spot at the moment. Yeah, that, that, that's the tough part. I mean, Wainwright, like, how okay. is this? I don't know how that's going to go. So, listen, you can never have too much pitching. And the second that you start to think you do, the baseball gods smite you with, like, three pitcher injuries in five minutes. But they're a candidate for a trade here, no? Because we haven't even talked about, like, John Gant or Austin Gomber or Daniel Ponce de Leon, guys that you can easily put in your fifth spot there. So you're talking about Martinez, Michaelis, Flaherty, Waka, Wainwright, Reyes, Weaver, Gant, Ponce de Leon, and Gomber. That's 10. That's so a lot of arms. They're a candidate yeah, for a it, move, you would think. Definitely. Who would you be trading here? To, Waka? Uh, no, because I don't think I'd get enough for him. If I want to make an impact, it depends what I'm trying to get. And if I want to make an impact, I think I'd trade Carlos Martinez. Yeah, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Because I think you're it's still getting a lot um, in return for him and. Uh, you're not trading who they believe. I think I think I still think they have Flaherty as the crown prince for their future because he's four years younger. So they don't quite want to trade him. Waka's injuries history injury history has been a little bit too pronounced. So I think Martinez is kind of that sweet spot of still getting a, a impact piece and back. He, he's he's on a very nice contract for the next four seasons exactly. as well. So um, eleven point five million for each of the next three years, and then just five hundred thousand in twenty twenty two. Oh, you're, you're going to fetch a mint for that. I mean, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to. Oh, that's the buyout. Actually, the five hundred thousand is the buyout. You have to pay seventeen mil or five hundred thousand for the buyout. Oh, all right. He'd have gotcha. to be pretty bad not to be worth seventeen mil, though. Like I know right. it sounds like a lot, but you can be. 130 innings of a 450 ERA and be worth 17 mil in today's that's, that's game. That's under two WAR. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, right. That's not that's not much. So it is a very friendly deal. That's somebody they may may look to trade for uh, to get a uh, piece for their offense or something. Carlos Martinez and maybe that opens things up. But uh, I think that's going to about wrap us up here. A lot of fun talking about this. 
with our, our top 100s. When will you do your next update? Do you wait for some hot stove? Uh, do you just do some more analysis? Because obviously we're we're doing analysis all the time. Our articles are deep diving on guys. We're going to fall in love with guys that after we do some more uh, research on them. What, what, what is your process here in the winter? My process is I might have a few updates about certain moves that happen. Mm-hmm. But as far as my next rankings, you're going to see the top 150 separated in chunks of 20 for the first 100 and then another one for the next 50. Okay. Uh, in February. Okay. So it's going to be a bit for me. So you got some How time there. Um, I'll probably do one. I'll try to do one around Christmas after the winter meetings and after some free agent. So okay. Christmas, New Year's, try to get another one out. Maybe I'll do that first experiment with the here's top 40 and then here's a, a group of, of categories. Again, right. don't call them tiers. We'll call them categories. <laughs> uh, I like that. You know what? I'm sorry. I know we just did kind of a wrap up. I want to talk about one more guy. And we love yeah, him the same. We, we love him the same. Let's go. I want to what get some love talking about our boy, Jamison Tyone. Because we both put him mm. top 20. What do you see in here? What's the real upside here? Let's talk about it. You know, I actually got an inside scoop on Uh-oh. Jamison Tyone. I was so curious about his slider that he started throwing on May 27th. Mm-hmm. That I also noticed that Chad Cool threw it again the next day. Tyler right. Glasnow started throwing one. And I. I was so certain there had to have been a conversation. You would think so, so I reached out to him on Twitter, DM'd him, and he told me that he was looking at Kershaw and how well he tunnels his fastball and his slider and how his curveball doesn't really tunnel too well with his fastball. And he went back to an old grip, and that became the slider. It worked, and he just started using it and having success. He didn't really think about the usage, but it just always fit as this kind of jack-of-all-trades pitch. And it is so good. It was a game-changer for him. so good. And I love to think... That give me a full season of him refining that mix of four seamers up and sliders for both strikes and whiffs and then curveballs down. Yep. Um, and also not to mention two seamers busting guys inside still. Still has nasty this movement is, on his heat. Yep. I could I, I really could see a guy that goes two hundred innings under three ERA. I don't think that's out of the question for Tyone. Fully agree. Fully and agree. I, I struggled a bit with my ranking at eighteen. I could see myself ranking him as high as fifteen. I uh, just over Granky. There are concerns there with Granky. Exactly I think I was more, say. more I think about it, I would think I'm going to flip it. Yep. I uh, just because the fastball velocity is going down, and there's just a For lot Grinky. of indications that it's going to fall. Just an older guy, so right? Point. And it's yeah. not that we think he's going to be trash. It's that it's going to start to degrade. And and we already talked about how favoring upside. Um, and and this this is the higher end of upside where you're still right. getting a strong floor. Why not go for a time? I just wanted to bring him up because we do both love him. And I don't know that every maybe I maybe I have it wrong. Maybe I should look at his too early mock uh ranking, but I, I don't know that everyone's in on Tyone. I think he's a little bit hidden out there in Pittsburgh. Uh where did he go in y- y'all's latest staff? Uh, I'm looking at it. Handy? I think he went right around the twentieth. Okay, okay. So that's rolling. fine. If that if that's where the market already is, then we're we're just even with the market. But I, I think he's somebody that both of us will end up bumping up. Uh, in our rankings and then in drafts, we'll be ready to pop him maybe a little bit you know, earlier than most. So, yeah, so I was talking about chasing upside later. I'm all about chasing floor early with starters. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's, about this more. I love and I, I'm honestly just thinking Tyone at 16 above Clevenger, too. That's your uh, Clev dog. They're both, they're all my guys. I know, but I just know <laughs> Clevenger that. Clev but yeah, Clevenger last you've year been, was. You've been keen yeah. on. Um, I see well, Tyone went on average to pick 90 and I'm comfortable. Uh, that's fine. Top. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I remember this. I remember texting you about it saying that Tyone's the target. Tyone's the man. 
because that's the one we're going to get at then. Uh, but yeah, the more the more I consider this with what the floor is with Tyone, it, it, it just seems like the right pick. I could see things going a little bit worse for Clevenger more than I could see them going worse for Tyone. Yeah, I'm looking now and I think I might boost them. I, I could talk with you about five, ten more of the guys, but that's, that's <laughs> go ahead and wrap up. Uh Great fireside here. It's always fun to talk top 100s um, and get into these, oh, these rankings. Um, we're on Twitter at PitcherList, at Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R. If you have topics that you want us to discuss, let us know. We're not going any anywhere. There might be a week off here and there for travels or vaca- you know, uh, holidays, I should say, things like that. But they're going to still be consistent throughout the offseason. And uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? We have an exciting thing coming up in two weeks. We do. Oh, uh, we yeah, have, we, do. we have – yeah, we've got a, an experts mock draft. Yeah, industry, it's gonna be fun. We got you got a yeah. crew together, man. Yeah, we have we have a lot of a lot of great talented uh, fantasy baseball experts joining us. So you're gonna be in it. We're gonna talk about it. Yes, we will discuss um, ours. obviously on this fireside. So definitely, and so that will be we'll let you know we'll more about that. Hitters for once. I know. No, we'll have to talk hitters for no. once, but. Uh, We'll focus on our staff, our pitching staffs, but uh, we will yes. have to mix in some some hitter chatter there. But uh, <laughs> honestly, like I said, there's still so many guys that even though we don't have rankings disputes on them, I just want to you know dive in further on Corbin. You know, you, you thought I was low on him because I was 21, you're 14. I like Corbin, so you know we got to talk about Herman Marquez. So maybe we'll just do another one on the top 100 next time. That's guys that we agree on, but that we just want to assess their 18 and what it what it goes into for 19 because i still think there's still a lot of interesting guys there but appreciate the show as always i had a great time talking with you and uh and we'll catch up uh probably next week before i go to arizona yeah that sounds great thanks for having me spore Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.